Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com All right, welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast with Kevin and Chuck. Today, well, we're going to talk about the Prepper Library. Basically, the books that you need when the lights go out. Um, You know, the SHTF situation there. Basically, the idea is everybody uses YouTube and the internet as their, you know, big resource for, you know, go-to information. And YouTube is an amazing source, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you want to build something, you go to YouTube, you're, you know, master mechanic, you're you know, whatever. And it works great. And we love YouTube. And, you know, I, I learn a ton of stuff off YouTube. It's weird. You know, I I know like stuff on how to plant, how to grow, how to, you know, build something, how to fix your car. It really is great. You know, I always make a point too, when we're talking about everyday carry is carrying your smartphone, just because you can, you can Google, you can YouTube anything you want to do, you know, and figure it out immediately. You think, right. But actually having hard paper, uh, you know, things can be a big asset if the lights went out. And also, I hate to say it, a lot of people, and, and this isn't the best way to do things, but a lot of people, their survival plan is, well, I have that book. I'll look at it when I have all that free time because I won't right. have to go to work. So I'll have time to read the manual. Um The idea is you want to peruse that stuff beforehand. You Mm want to have an understanding of, you know, how things are going to be before in case there's materials you need, supplies you need, things to, you know, make things go a little easier where you're like, oh, step one is go buy a bunch of canning lids that are different than the ones that you have, you know, or or whatever. You need an axe. Um, you need oil for your chainsaw. You know, these things are important to figure out beforehand. However, having a book and the resource for things that you might not know were going to come up and also having the books to kind of plan out your life like right now, like, hey, if I'm building a wall out of stone and there's an excellent resource out there about building stone walls, 
it'd be awesome if I had that book right now. Right. So, all right. Where do you uh, want to begin here? Uh, well, let's start with um, homesteading. Okay. Um, we've got a couple of different sections here. We'll go through them each. Um, homesteading, I think, is really um, really one of the most important uh, sections in this. You know what I mean? It, car- it covers a lot of the stuff when it comes to basically setting up uh, an area, your area, that'll help provide the most amount of food and the most amount of resources for you. Right. So when it gets into that stuff, um, you know, a big, a big asset is going to be a, being able to grow your own food, you know, uh, get your own water, that sort of stuff. So I think homesteading is a, is a good way to start, start the podcast. Right. No, I think that's an excellent place to start. Um, so my go-to, um, is the self-sufficient life and how to live it by John Seymour. Um, right. so this book is pretty sweet. It's, um, got like how to instructions for just about everything, making cheese, butchering animals. When I first butchered a chicken, it was this book laid out on the back of the pickup truck. Well, yeah. um, you know, on the tailgate, cutting it open, there's like blood stains all over the page to this day, <laughs> you know, yeah. and I'm, but going through, but it, and he talks about fences, how to set up your yard, where to place things. Um, I got to say that honestly, if I had only one book for prepping, that would be it is the self-sufficient life. It uh, takes you through all the steps and is just an excellent resource for, you know, how to's, uh, do you have anything on that or any other? Yeah, well, I mean, one, one thing that I, I would la- like to point out is, is, um, that butchering, uh, that you just mentioned, that's yeah. not something you're going to find on YouTube. For some reason, it seems like they scrub anything that's got any kind of blood, whether it's human blood or not, you know, um, go on YouTube and try and try and, uh, find a video on butchering a deer. It's, it's hard to do. Um, so any kind of, uh, butchering, that would be something that even, even when the power's, power's on and, and nothing's going on, it would be good to have a book on, on just how to butcher animals. And, you know, you do it a few times and you kind of get the hang of it, but really it takes on something you do. Right. Then, yeah. So the complete book of butchering, smoking, curing, and sausage making. How to harvest your livestock and wild game. Um, and that one is by I don't know who wrote it, just says Voyager Press. Okay. Um, and but that one is a uh, excellent resource on uh you know on butchering. That one actually takes you through like how to build smoke houses and plus it also had the kind of unusual game, you know, like doing rabbits and squirrels and I guess they have raccoons and, you know, all the little things that may not be in your standard go-to uh, right. you know, books. Not in your normal wheelhouse. Yep. All right. Um, let's uh, let's talk about um, self-defense. That's always a, a fun one. Um, now, my favorite, uh, favorite self-defense book, when it comes down to it, is is the old classic the Tao of Jeet Kune Do. Yes. Which is written by Bruce Lee. Now, 
you might think that uh you know a book is not a great resource for for learning how to uh do hand-to-hand combat and i would generally say yeah that's right but when you read through the book he really has a lot of uh small pointers that you wouldn't even think of um just basics uh basics how to throw a punch you know how to how to you know throw a kick those types of things um you know you can go to a gym and learn and and practice and and over time you'll pick up those little tips but if you can have uh if you can have just those little tips ahead of time um you know it'll it'll help you out when you're practicing in your basement on a on a you know heavy bag or something um you don't you don't maybe you don't have time to go to the MMA gym you know you right. don't have time to go to the boxing gym you got to teach yourself and and that book really has a lot of uh a lot of good points to it. Right. I mean, obviously hands-on is the best, but you know, you do mm-hmm. what you got to do. And like you said, time. Um, I know that I, I actually looked into the, the Brazilian jiu-jitsu place here and you know, the only morning classes they had were beginners. And I'm like, that's great. But after the first three months or whatever, then where do we go? You know, and it, and then they're kind of limited anyway, my other go-to and I do have Taoji Kundo. It, mm-hmm. The next go-to is Killer Get Killed by Rex Applegate. Mm-hmm. That one is kind of more like alternative measures of fighting. Like it's a little right. less on the rules, but I got to say Bruce Lee's pretty less on the rules also. He definitely right. uh, isn't confined. But, you know, that has no problem. Uh, this one, you know, jabbing your thumb in somebody's eye or, uh, sure, you know, stabbing a knife in somebody's temple you know you do what you got to do right you gotta that's right that's right take it through um there are also a lot of uh great books on on knife fighting um i wouldn't i wouldn't give you any uh specific examples just because there's so many books and i i wouldn't know which one is the best one to to go for but um you know there are a, a lot on knife fighting and i you know to me that's one of my that's one of my uh my favorite practices. I don't think I'm ever going to get into a knife fight and I never plan on it, but you never know what's going to happen. Right. I always have a knife. So got to be ready. Right. Back to kind of round off uh homesteading. I know we moved into fighting there a little bit, but uh secret garden of survival by Rick Austin. Mm. Um, That's a good one. Yeah. That one's another great uh, selection there. Right. That's, you know, and that would be a great book if, uh, if you're living in like the suburbs and you've got a lot of neighbors and stuff. Um, basically it's how to set up your yard to grow, grow food without being real obvious. You right. know what I mean? A lot of it looks without a big like bushes fenced in. And, right. Yeah. It's not your traditional rows and normal gardening. Um, and he, well, actually, to be honest, it is more traditional. It's less American style gardening. How about that? Yeah, um, maybe Native go. American style gardening. Um, it is kind of a commitment, though. That book, uh, a lot of the stuff is kind of involved, and you're going to put some real effort into setting it up. It's one of those kind of set it and forget it, but the set it is like you know, four or five months of uh, outside every day setting up your yard to be the the right way, you know. But right. hey, if you want free food for the rest of your life, that's that's kind of a good trade-off. You know, that uh-huh. that's not that bad. Where where are we heading next? All right, let's uh let's go to medical. Okay. Yeah. So uh, a couple of books 
from there is, you know, one of the things that you might want to uh, look into when it comes to, to survival medicine, that sort of stuff is um, natural, uh, natural remedies. Yeah. You know what I mean? You might not have access to, you know, to the drugstore, to the pharmacy. Um, uh, sur- survival medicine handbook and the preppers medical handbook. Both are pretty good for that. Um, when it comes to foraging, there you go. The survival medicine handbook. Um, yeah. So that's, that's really, uh, uh, a great book when it comes to having a, having a forage your own, your own stuff or even growing your own stuff. Right. You know, right. I know I, I grow a lot of medic- medicinal plants, uh, around the yard and, you know, some of them, be honest with you, natural medicine, if if a natural medicine actually works, it's just called medicine. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Most of the time that those natural remedies are, you know, they kind of, maybe they kind of help out, but they're not really, uh, they're not as good as, uh, as Valium and Prozac, you know? Oh. Um, uh, garlic is great, but it's not the same as antibiotics from, uh, you're killing from the drugstore. So the big thing with the survival medicine handbook is it is written by a doctor and his wife, his wife's a uh, nurse practitioner. It's uh Joseph Alston and, or Joseph Alton and his mm-hmm. wife, Amy. Um, but they talk about all the stuff that is accessible to you that you can buy over the counter and, you know, just get you know, or, or where to get it or where to get an alternative to what you might get from a doctor. And he basically does mention a lot of the household remedies. However, once again, it is one of the books that you want to check out before things get bad. Right. Cause he does recommend a lot of things that you could buy and have on hand. That would be great substitutes, you know, so if you have access to Walmart now, you can kind of plan ahead. And he actually outlines things that you might want to get to make your life a little bit easier um, as far as home medical care. Uh, right. If you are maybe a nurse, something like that, or you know a nurse, or you have maybe a nurse in your mutual assistance group or prepper stuff like that, um, a book you want to talk them into or you might want to get if you want to go there is emergency war surgery Mm -hmm. and this is kind of crazy they kind of talk about all your field applications and things you could do that you can improvise with what's on hand you know it's a big thing like that where you can actually you know pull things off you know like that so those are my two go-to um, to be honest, even the Boy Scout handbook has a great first aid section right? Um, that covers all your basics. Yeah. And also, you know, I, I would recommend, I know we're talking about books, but I would recommend keeping up with your first aid and CPR classes. Um, they're definitely, uh, definitely helpful. Yeah. It's a Boy Scout manual from the day. Mm-hmm. From back in the day. Back in the day. Um Another one that's that's pretty good is a uh, medical toxicology of natural substances. Um, that's um, that's it's more of a uh, reference book, um, and it's you know it's generally for doctors and nurses, you know. Uh, but it's definitely worth having around, having having on hand. Um, you got anything else for for the medical library here? First aid. I, I try and keep it simple. All right. Uh, let's talk about um, uh, 
survival. Oh, survival books. Some of my favorites. And I know, I know Chuck's got a couple of, uh, couple of different ones than I do, but I think we've got a few of the same ones. The SAS survival handbook, uh, but John, by John Wiseman, that one, uh, definitely an interesting, interesting book to, to flip through. And it's an interesting book to read. It's kind of like an adult version of the boy scout handbook, if you will. It's kind of the boy scout handbook with added military applications. Um, right. There are a lot of, you know, uh, boat building, you know, uh, kind of shelter building, fire starting, all that stuff that you get out of the Boy Scout handbook is in there. But then it takes it into some more crazy things that get a little more, you know, on top. So John Lofty Wiseman, something. Mm-hmm. SAS handbook. Now, I do have another uh the SAS Urban Handbook. This one's a little hokier, and I don't know, like what, but he does talk about kind of surviving in the city, kind of thing, and you know, some little, again, kind of, uh, I don't know, different ways of thinking in the city and dealing with people. How about that? Right, right. All right. How about the? Um... Uh, the official U.S. Army guide. That one is a, a pretty handy book, and I I have that one, and I I go through it every once in a while. But the truth is that one that one sits on the shelf a little bit more than some of the other ones. Um, but there's a there's quite a few of these survival books that are uh, that are really great. But ultimately, I would recommend that you get out in the woods if you plan on being in the woods in the future. I recommend getting out in the woods and you know, figuring some of this stuff out with hands-on practice. Yeah. Uh, starting a fire with a, um, with a, uh, a bow like drill a, a or, bow drill yeah, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. It's a real nightmare if you don't know what you're doing. Right. You know, you find some soggy wood, wood that has been rained on for the past six months and try and start a fire with it. Good luck, man. You really gotta, you really gotta know what you're doing and, and be able to find the right stuff to get started with that sort of thing. Yeah, and I always recommend that you carry a, a couple of cigarette lighters in your in your in your pack. You know, right? It's it's not a not an easy thing to do is starting starting to fire from scratch. No, no, and and that's it. A lighter makes it easy. You don't have to you know worry about finding the right dry stuff. You know, super mm. dry. Still need dry, but not you know right. Not over the top. Um. All right. What's the next category? Like, dude, I have like 50 books on my right here. So I'm ready yeah, for yeah. anything. I, <laughs> ready I, to go. How about, how about Bushcraft? Bushcraft. Um, Bushcraft 101. Uh, Dave uh, Cantonbury. Um, that's a great book. A great thing to have. Um, great thing. Look at look at Chuck. It's right on. Right on. Kevin mentioned he's got it. it is, I got it. Um, yeah. This has, yeah, all your your basics. It covers knots. It covers, you know, navigation, it covers tree identification, covers trapping and um, rope cordage, uh, containers for cooking, uh, shelter, combustion, setting up camp, tools, how to set up your pack. So they kind of right. go through it all there. And and the 101 is, is a valid point because a lot of that stuff is basic things. Um, but, you know, the basic stuff is 
we're missing a lot of basic stuff just in our regular use. Yeah. Now Chuck's got the advanced advanced bushcraft. bushcraft. That's that, a little bit deeper in, right? It, it, it goes a little bit further. It goes there. You're kind of making some custom tools, you know, make making your your uh, you know, bowls and things like that, you know, setting time with the sun and you know, things mm-hmm. like that. It gets a little deeper. Right. Right. Uh how about how about shelters, shacks, and shanties? Ooh, Do you have that? I, I don't think I don't you'd have, have that. that. David that, Beard. That, that's not um, me. Yeah, it's basically uh, that's basically a survival shelter building. Um, it's got a lot of a uh, lot of good graphics. You know, I should point this out though. When you're looking for books on a lot of these things, you want something with color photographs. Yeah, especially when we get into foraging, yes. we're going to be talking about that. You don't want to get a cheap. Uh, you know, cheap black and white book. You want to be able to find something that uh, that's going to be thorough with the illustrations. And um, you know, somebody at my level, like I, I need pictures, mm-hmm. right? You know, the words yeah. they're hard. Not, if I can yeah. just have a lot of pictures, that makes everything better. Right, right. Nobody wants to read a book that doesn't have any pictures in it. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Bunch of words. 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 Crazy. Are hard. How about the Outdoor Survival Handbook? Um, that's one I picked up off the internet. So I don't even know if it's if it's a very common book. Right, but, um, like a mainstream. Yeah, yeah. But I, I found it pretty pretty okay. handy and pretty interesting. Um, you want to uh, move into foraging? I like or you got foraging. anything else on, nope, on bushcraft? Nope. Foraging works. All right. So the first one on the list is uh, Nature's Garden. A guide to identifying, harvesting, and preparing edible wild plants. Um, that one is uh, it's good because it it do, like I said, it does have a lot of illustrations in it. Um, when it comes to identifying plants, there's a lot of plants that look similar to one another. Yeah, you know what I mean. And and you can be poisoning yourself. Same thing with uh, you know, when we talk about foraging you really need to find books that are specific to your area. You know what I mean? Right. Um, Southwest and Northeast, it's completely different set of, right. Of things that you're going to be looking for. Right. So, you know, when it comes to foraging mushrooms, uh, plants that, you know, anything, uh, you want to find something, something specific to your area. Uh, when it comes to mushrooms, it turns out you can eat any mushroom you find anyone. You can, huh? Yeah, some of them will make you uh, poop until you die. Well, yeah, there's that. But yeah, or hallucinate, so, uh, or you know, yeah, yeah, and so, most, and this is a lot something a lot of people don't know. There's a lot of hallucinogenic, hallucinogenic mushrooms out there that will make you trip. It's not just the you know the psilocybin mushrooms. A lot of them will, but also you'll poop yourself to death while you're hallucinating. So well, there's that. You know, uh, just something to keep in mind. It could be a good with a, with a, when it comes to mushrooms, it, what you want to do is you want to mash it up and rub it on your skin, right? Okay. Wait okay. eight hours, then rub it on your lips, right? And if it starts tingling, don't eat. That's a no-go. If it doesn't start tingling, just take a little bite and then wait another eight hours. It can take you weeks before you can actually eat these mushrooms. Or you could just learn how to uh, identify plants. Right. Or you can... Proper- book or training yeah. right you can do a little bit of work and i would recommend even if you have a book when it comes to mushrooms even if you have a book 
find somebody that knows what they're doing to go out with. Yeah. And, I think and there are a couple of go-to staples that are safe, but I'm not mm-hmm. the authority to tell you about it. So, but there are local foraging classes, which would be awesome. Um, I, I know I always liked uh, Steve Brill. There's wild man, Steve Brill in uh, New York yeah. city has a big foraging tour and they actually take you through central park and he like makes a salad out of, you know, stuff they find there. But mm-hmm. again, foraging is kind of a seasonal thing. Usually, um, you know, very limited it, it, when right. things aren't green and, you know, blooming and, and whatever. So I also have a uh, Peterson's field guide, edible wild plants, Eastern central North America. Uh, that actually has a lot of pretty detailed drawings, but then it has a section of about 30 pages with, you know, color photos was pretty good. I have a simpler one called backyard foraging by Ellen Zakos. I don't know mm-hmm. that one. Uh, that one there had a go. lot of color pictures, but I don't know. It was kind of more your traditional stuff, like kind of the stuff that I already knew I could eat. Like mm-hmm. You're not breaking out new, you know, exotics to me, but I got to right. say the staples are really, you know, where you want to be, you know, the wife mm-hmm. just found a big uh, mulberry tree in the backyard and we were all excited about that. She made some kind of pie or something and it, it's all hard right. to catch it. Cause you have like two days before the birds go in and you know, Right, right, and, and get yeah. No, up. I've got a whole big batch of of raspberries and blackberries in the right. in the backyard, and I I get like six berries out of the eighteen bushes that are back yeah. there. Next to my next to my barn, I have a what I believe to be a raspberry plant, and so I kind of let it like propagate. And now I either have a raspberry field or a poison ivy field. Or all poison. Yeah. I don't really know. I don't really know what I made back there, but I haven't seen any berries. I just know that I I let all this stuff grow and I'm really screwed now. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds like poison ivy, doesn't it? Well, it's a delicate dance. Yeah, those raspberry bushes and that poison ivy, man, it looks right. Looks exactly the same. It's like, yeah, it's the same thing. I don't know. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, Edible Wild Plants, a North American field guide to over 200 natural foods. Uh, that's that's a good one. Uh, it's thorough. It's it's a thick book. You know, there's a lot in there, a lot of info. But again, you want to find things that are specific to your area when it comes to foraging. Yeah. You need to go to your local bookstore or go online and find books that are for your area. Um, you know, if you're in, in Denmark, listen to this podcast don't get the the north, north american, american guide no guide right so you know it's really like i said it's really specific to your yeah. area and you want to find the right books for the right area yeah um right. i will point out with the raspberries though i took a picture with my phone with the little google app uh-huh. and it said raspberries or poison ivy so they like, even that that's good the app couldn't help you out <laughs> damn it <laughs> yeah it's how it goes sometimes you know yeah i don't know dude it's the world i live in you know it's one of those yeah all right um you get anything else as far as uh books go oh i had dude i have a stack so all right well let's go through the rest of them that you got there these are kind of less specific um you know i mean they're less in a category uh beekeeping 
the complete mm. step-by-step book of beekeeping. This thing, yeah. I got a David Cramp. Now, I've never done beekeeping, so how can I say that it's the perfect book? But I got to say, they have step-by-step pictures of like every part of the process you can imagine. So yeah. I expect good things. Um, yeah. It looks awesome. I've never seen something so detailed. There are very few books that get me excited where I'm like, yeah, this I could do this, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that that might be one of them. I have another one. Yeah. Now, now yeah. actually, I, I listened to a couple of uh, podcasts on beekeeping. Yeah. And I'll tell you something, man. They are the most boring podcasts uh, I've ever listened to. Not like the survival just, and basic badass podcast. No, nah, it's just, you know, you I mean, want to like and subscribe right they now. Are information. So you don't miss an yeah. episode, right? That's right. right. That's right. They are full of information. It's just the people that, that do podcasts on beekeeping. They're just, they speak so softly. Like they're on they NPR. Like very calm. Pe- yeah. Yes, it's like NPR. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Every one of those podcasts is. All right. So there's a million books on log cabins and cabin building. And I got to say, I love, you know, looking at the different log cabins and how they do stuff. And I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. So I have one, though, that I really kind of go back to over and over again called Cabins. Just says cabins across the top, a guide to building your own nature retreat by David and Jeannie Styles. Mm-hmm. And this one, they uh they're pretty awesome. Uh, but mm-hmm. anyway, it's got like all the step by step, how to notch logs, how to you know make your own shingles, how to split logs, how to make doors out of logs, how to do you know different stuff. They take you through, you know, and the pegs and you know, post and beam stuff and how to do it. So excellent resource for that. If that's something you're into. Um, yeah. I, I, I've got a, a bit of a fetish with watching, uh, oh, watching videos on people building like hey, a long cabin. You see these people it is a thing. Like, what, I, I just watched one, this girl, I, I assume it's like Thailand or something just based on the uh, foliage and everything around her, you know, and man, three years off grid, you know, building an off grid, you know, shelter or something. Now she has uh, all these like planed boards that she's just putting in place. And I'm like, well, we didn't see any tree cutting or planing or right. I, I don't understand it really. But um, I have one, the backyard blacksmith traditional techniques for the modern Smith by Lorelai Sims. Now my wife says uh-huh. it's that girls can write books on blacksmithing. What? I got to say though, dude, it's freaking, she is on top of it. It really does have like all the steps and, and pictures. Maybe it takes the novice dumb guy like me and then brings it up to, you know, to, to better level. So that, that might be something to go to. Now I have now, I think we're moving into my crazy collection. All right. And, and crazy is like always that. good. So we got the black book of revenge by john nice. jackson um i i remember reading out, some of that book and it was kind of fucked up yeah there's a lot of fucked up shit yeah. in there um now these i think a lot of these are one, one part of that book wasn't one part of that book like catching a bunch of snakes and putting it in somebody's house oh, yeah no they he's like oh yeah i remember this one time or maybe that's the black book of uh booby traps i remember uh, this one time that we take, you know, pit vipers in Afghanistan or something, and we tie them by the tail and hang it from the roof. And people walk into the dark barn 
and the snakes right there in their face and you know bites him in mm-hmm. the face and he's like one crime right. it bit me in the face and i'm like yeah that's great um <laughs> <laughs> the black book of booby traps by lyle whitney that mm, one yeah. those two kind of came together at the same time there um the clandestine operations manual for central america is mm-hmm. definitely a nice go-to. Is that a CIA? That is a CIA pamphlet. And yeah. they, uh, it kind of makes you understand what kind of shadiness our government's really willing to do. Yeah, that one was uh, that one was a bit fucked up because it really it talks about overthrowing governments oh, yeah. and, and shit like that. And they're that. like, here, here's how you rile up the population and then mm-hmm. kind of slip out and let them do the dirty work so you don't get, right. you know, spend your life in jail. Um, right. I have <laughs> get a, everybody I, else all riled up and, and do the, do the hard stuff. And, and you just, uh, you just get things started, right? Get things in motion. I have a U.S. Navy, U.S. Navy and Marine Corps SEER manual, survival evasion, resistance and escape handbook. I gotta say yeah. I had higher expectations for that one. Not as great. Mm-hmm. Um, Eddie the Irons best new lock picking design. Yeah, that's something that that does does come up every once in a while. Every once in a while, I mean, also bolt cutters are are a great uh, great tool when it comes to picking locks. Right, and then we have my favorite and the go to for all the old school from like the eighties. Like if you grew up with like the Anarchist Cookbook things like that, you guys probably remember Ragnar Benson. And right. Ragnar Benson is the man and just any of his books. Sometimes they're a little less detailed, but just it makes you think outside the box. So we have man trapping and mm-hmm. that one definitely was a great go-to. Right. I have uh Ragnar's 10 best traps. That's for like fish and animals. And I got to say is great. Um, Ragnar's guide to the underground economy. You never know. Mm -hmm. You never know. Um, But again, it's the underground economy in 1980. So that's a little something. Then you have the Ragnar's action encyclopedia of practical knowledge, improving techniques. And -hmm. there's both a uh, one and two on that. So yeah, look at that. You don't want, you know, to miss the whole collection. That has how yeah. to take out helicopters, how to avoid surveillance, um, you know, how to recognize FBI agents over cops and how deep cover people are and, you know, all mm-hmm. kinds of crazy stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. If you ever are really getting into like um, selling or smuggling drugs, those Ragnar's are some books guy? to go for. Yeah. Yep. All right. Now I have tracking humans. By David Diaz. Now, tracking mm-hmm. humans, this guy's committed, all right? And and maybe he should be committed, but he talks about, like, he's all in. Like, he talks about you should be pooping in your yard and then go out and check it every day so you know what, you know, it's like if how, you're, you know, how human shit after a ages. day, human poop after two days, human poop after a week. <laughs> Smelling, yeah. I don't know that I'm, but I don't know that I'm at that end. He goes even further, like change up your diet, just eat off the trail for a couple days, and then see Mm -hmm. what your poop looks like. What do you got inside there? 
You know, he goes deep. He goes yeah. really. Deep. I had a, I had a friend of mine that had to go, uh, go to the doctor and give a stool sample. Yeah. He ate nothing but peanuts and corn for three days. Like that is that is commitment to a practical joke. You know what I mean? You're risking your own health. I mean, how are, what are they going to identify out of that out of that stool sample you give them? You know what I mean? It's all corn fucking chewed peanuts. up peanuts and corn, corn and nuts. Yeah, I have the combat tracking guide by John Hurth. Um, mm-hmm. That's another uh, excellent go to. Then we have some crazy. Uh, Army manuals. Well, first I have uh, two component high explosive mixtures. Turns out mm-hmm. that's how explosions happen is when you put two things that react with each, you know, together. Right. Who knows? Right. Um, guerrilla warfare and special warfare operations. There's a All million. Right. You know, these are always like your gun show pickups, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, booby traps from the U S mm-hmm. army. These are all Defar- department of defense manuals, uh, unconventional warfare devices and techniques. That one's a great one. Um, if you are interested in those, now this may get you on a list, so whatever, but I have a giant zip file that is, um, is, uh, basically tons of army and navy manuals Mm -hmm. and i all will uh i have it on my google drive so i can put a link to the google drive where any of you can download it and i'll put it in the show comments and on the uh you know on the youtube channel so you guys have access to that again eh you know, you might end up on some kind of list, but you're already listening to this podcast, so you're you're committed, you know? Yeah. You're, you're already in. <laughs> um, another one of my favorites, uh, U.S. Army Sniper Training Manual. Um, mm-hmm. They talk about ammo. They talk about, uh, you know, like blending in where, you know, people have the right camouflage, but they don't, you know, match the horizon line and things like that. They go into detail yeah. on that, on ranging stuff like that. A lot of the more old school techniques. Um, Bobby Ackart has a book on EMP uh, preparedness and kind of all the government's findings on that. That's kind of a go-to. How to sh- ride, shoot straight, and speak the truth. I can never line up things with the camera. <laughs> trying to show them. I don't know. Jeff, Cooper, um, that sounds like a, a, a Roy Rogers book. Ah, dude, I got to say, as far as learning to be a man or whatever, that book uh, definitely has it covered. Uh, and then classic uh, military, um, military strategy. There is uh, Colonel Dave Grossman on combat. Again, I can't line it up. Mm-hmm. On combat, and he has on killing. Yeah, that was a that was kind Easy of a messed book. up book. Yeah, that yeah. was wild stuff. That that's worth reading. If uh, it if just helps you understand the kind of psychology of it, right? But I got to say, the world has changed now that there's video games and you know the crazy world we live in, and people are more exposed to this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and last last one in my uh, collection that at least I was willing to carry downstairs. I had, I was unloading the library for a half half hour and dude there was a ton more books these are the ones that made the cut um 
Absolute Anarchy by Johnny Jack. So that's another, uh, you know, great go-to. That that has a lot of the setting up a uh, mutual assistance group and, and, you know, working together and building a community, um, training up your kind of prepper people. Uh, I believe um, Darren mentioned that he had uh, interviewed and talked with uh, Johnny Jackson, Darren Taylor from Mayhem Country Living. And so there's a lot of good stuff there. Um, but Hey, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a uh, list of all these books in the uh, show notes. Like I said, I did, uh, actually have a, um, a, uh, shoot a, uh, link for my Google drive where you can check out those PDFs. Uh, that might be another great resource for you. I will try and put together a, uh, a list of fiction books that I've been into um, that are kind of useful for it. I'm not sure if we're going to end up doing a separate show on fiction books at some point. Uh, Cause there's a lot of great stuff out there that you can actually learn a lot from and, you know, it's very enjoyable, but mm-hmm. you know, that's up to you, uh, you know, and we'll see what we can put out there. All right. Other- um, before yeah. we wrap up, uh, David Gorsh, uh, David Grush came out the other day um, uh, about aliens. So um, big reveal lately. Yes. Uh, Actually, move over coffee. This is a job for beer. Oh, whoa. Um, Aliens. We have them. The United States government has alien bodies. They have alien craft. They're, they're, uh, I'm waiting to have see some more info because this guy is just talking about he knows who does right. it and who's been doing it and what the program's called and all that sort of stuff. Um, it's my tax money. I feel like I should get some of these aliens. You know what I mean? Just send me right. a finger or something. Right. You right. know what I mean? Spread it out. Do it tastes like whatever. Yeah, I'm going to try it out. Right. I don't understand. You know, it's this is another one of those things that I have. Another one of those problems I have with big big government. You know what I mean? You're going to spend all this money, spread the wealth a little bit, right? Give me an eyeball or something, you know, that only sounds right. This is our money that we're spending on it. Share a little bit of insight. Yeah. Whatever. Was it Vegas or was it California? This other sighting with the guys with the ones in the backyard. Yeah, that was Vegas. Eight foot tall. That one may. Yeah. That one may be a, a fraud though. Oh, the jury's still out. There was there was some inconsistencies happening. Uh-oh. So, uh, eight foot aliens in their backyard. No video footage, though. I know that's a little odd in a, a modern world here. Yeah, I want to see some aliens, but we do got, see the stuff come out of the sky, though. What about that? Right. With the police, right? They and, say that that was meteors. Mm, that's it was possible. weird because there are two that came down at the exact same time at the exact same speed. Little mm. suspicious. Mm-hmm, same mm-hmm. trajectory, all that sort of stuff, and then aliens showed up in the backyard. They right. have a video of the of the meteors or whatever they were, so but no video I of the aliens. Think like I think that you know the the body cam and like that, you know, seeing the stuff out of the sky. I think that's legitimate. But here's what I wonder: if you're planning on doing a hoax and oh, there's eight foot bodies in the backyard and this is for real right. and the whole thing. Right. Um, they, uh, 
would you be able to coordinate that? What do you mean? Like that stuff came out of the sky and then you call nine one one right away. Like right. of the balls all of a sudden, like, you know what? Let's do that. Let's let's, let's do, do a big We're hoax. Yeah, I got a great idea. Like I see planning a hoax and setting the whole thing up, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure you could do because obviously people aren't afraid of calling nine one one or whatever. And who's right. to say you weren't really scared? Mm-hmm. And who's to say you didn't see something? Yeah, right. I don't know. You know, maybe mm-hmm. you didn't. So you probably won't get in trouble. People are like swatting people all the time. Have you well, seen this? They stuff? said the These the videos? police. Yeah, no, I I, I know what Crazy. you're talking about. But they said the the police showed up and they said it wasn't a hoax. But how do they know right. that? They didn't see him. The cops right. never said they yeah. saw aliens. I believed him. Mm-hmm. That, the, yeah. the cops believed him. So I don't know if that says something about Vegas cops or if it says something about uh uh you know the actual event. Maybe something happened. So this guy though is uh former military, uh former um uh I, I don't think he was CIA. I don't remember where he was from, but um he said that aliens have killed people. He said there there are people oh. that have actually been killed by these aliens. He said they've actually been in firefights with uh, UAPs, and they've found wreckage of of these crafts. Now, this has been this is there have been people that have been saying this for a long time. He's right, not the right. first guy, right? But he's the first guy that says that he has names and and first people that were right? in yeah. charge of these programs and people that are in charge of these programs, right? And he said a lot of these things end up going to corporations hmm. to do research on them. Yeah, and even though they're owned by the government, they're not. The government isn't in possession of them. Oh, okay. So they've got companies that are studying these things. Private the whole Barpa Industrial, uh, you know, right, all right, right, all right. So that's I'm there might be more afraid. info coming out in the next uh, month or two. Are we I'm, gonna have I'm here to delve, for it, man. Are we going to have to delve into a uh, alien episode? Are I think we, we got to do an alien episode. Because we have yeah. done them, mm-hmm. but I feel like things are evolving. New info's out. Yeah, right. there's new info. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. Maybe I, I keep wondering about time travel. I, I feel like we could dig deep in that time travel. You think that has something to do with this? Well, no, I just think that there is that there is people coming from the future, and maybe we could ask them about the aliens. Okay, all right. So maybe they'll have – I bet we can find somebody that says they've traveled back in time, and we could have and them on that the they podcast. Knew about al- yes, yeah. that is where – I mean, I'd probably – there's probably somebody in my neighborhood that, that would say that and, and talk about <laughs> that, it extensively. <laughs> extensively. Yeah. you got to get the interesting guy, though, you know? Mm-hmm. So – yeah. Now, so make sure you guys like and subscribe the uh, channel. Yeah, we're trying to grow the YouTube. I, you know, some of the comments are, you know, saying that we are a little bit entertaining. We're trying, right? Ke- mm-hmm. Kevin puts a lot of effort. If you knew the struggle that I went through trying to get Kevin's microphone worked out before this show, yeah. you would understand the sacrifices that we make to bring you quality audio <laughs> and video. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, about five minutes before this podcast started, I was throwing things around Kevin, the, the studio. We're ready to I was end so the podcast off. right there. I'm like, fuck it, it's done. We're not doing it anymore. There's no more podcast. I can't work with this. 
it yeah, it, it could get a little hairy. So, you know, I'm just saying there are sacrifices being made. So like and subscribe. And uh, you're listening on the podcast. We'd love if you share it with other people, let people know. Uh, maybe spread it around with your uh, military buddies or, you know, whoever you think could be into this kind of thing. Because we really appreciate it. We love doing it. We love having you guys here. You have shows, questions, comments, or concerns. You can email us at preppingbadass at gmail.com. Otherwise, I would say stay safe and we will talk to you guys next week. to the waypoint podcast network brought to you in part by hunt stand the number one hunting and land management app i'm will cooper host of hunt stands make your mark podcast if you haven't already download the free waypoint tv app to listen to our podcast and watch the original films from hunt stand presents anywhere anytime and on any device Every once in a while, it's fun to go with, like, just full-blown redneck on these fish. This is like high-tech cane pole fishing right here. From the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters, enjoy the best fishing Panama City Beach has to offer during Chase in the Sun, Sundays at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.